Alright guys, welcome to the Union Fitness Podcast. <laughs> Todd's already laughing, trying to mess me up. Uh, today we have a very special guest very. on the podcast. She's yes. laughing already. I'm yes. special. She, she's eating pistachios and they're all over the table. Yep. Um, so she's ready to go. And today we have Delia Vesky. <laughs> she is a New Kensington native here in Pittsburgh. And she is a veteran, so we're going to talk about that today. Um, we are going to talk about a couple things that she's experienced while she was in the army and maybe she has uh, some good stories for us. Maybe. Maybe. So let's just start with you joined the army in 1998. I did. Tell us why you joined, what made you join, and you were there until 2003, correct? Uh, the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thank you for giving uh, years so that people know how, how young I am. I'm sorry. I, listen, I took, the, I took the bio from Todd, so you can blame Todd, because I took the notes Thanks, from the Todd. bio. I could have joined the Army in 94, <laughs> for the record, but um, they didn't want me. So, uh, so no now we all know me. that you're older than Deal. Yeah, I wanted yes. to throw that okay. out there. But, but it, we it, both it, drank from the Fountain of Youth, so uh, In 94, good. I was drinking from the Cup of Beer Pong. <laughs> this is why the Army probably wouldn't wanted a guy like me. Well, and five, and half year, five and a half years no later, comment. I had another guy, you know, got a degree. No comment. <laughs> what was the question you asked her? I, listen, was there I, a question? I, I just asked her what made her join the army in 98. Um, okay, so this is, you know, the nervous That's part right. Let it out. It's all good. About. It's all, right. all good. Even though we just That's did right. our lion's roar. Yeah, we did well, our stretches. I did it. <laughs> yeah, you did it. Um, so my brother, who is close to, I guess, Todd's age. Oh. Um, he had just graduated college I was just failing out of my first year of college for me <laughs> school, school? Uh, that I failed out of. You, you were attending at the time I just, I just didn't want to I didn't want to be there what school, no, what school was it Edinburgh okay. Edinburgh yeah yeah, yeah I'm uh, yeah so anyway he was at Allegheny um, so he had um, planned on he had already actually enlisted and um, I don't know if he had already went to basic or not. But anyway, I was looking at the possibility of doing Air Force. At the time, I was looking at the reserves. And let's just say that the Air Force recruiter at this specific location in New Kensington during that year was very unavailable and didn't seem super interested in dealing with somebody not wanting to go active. I don't know what that was about. I digress. My brother, he sends my discouragement, and he was like, why don't you just talk to the Army guys? And I'm like, fine, you know, and he had to pull my arm a little bit, you know, or twist it, I mean. And um, I talked to them, we, you know, we hit it off, they were, they were good guys. I ended up joining as a reservist in a delayed entry program, and while I was part of the delayed entry program, I decided, you know what, heck with it. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. I want to see the world. I'm going to go out and do it. So that's ultimately what you know prompted me to initially enlist and yes i do have mega stories but that's the first question you asked so i'm just gonna stop there <laughs> <That's it. laughs> well i mean it, you honestly you pretty much led into your own question uh -oh. um so you said you wanted to see the world and literally my next question was going to be uh so you did two tours where were they and how long okay so i my first enlistment was from 98 to 2002 after I did all of my training I was stationed down at Fort Bragg North Carolina and from there we had a 
deployment to Kosovo that I actually volunteered for. Um, I was in one of the companies in a military police unit down there, and I volunteered to go with another one in the same battalion to go over to um, Kosovo. We were there about seven months, um, saw some things. Um, it was actually, you know, kind of exciting. Um, got back. Uh, Soon after, I think I got my orders for Korea a year in advance. Like, I knew a year ahead of time I was going to Korea. And those are considered hardship tours. So you can either do one year by yourself when you go to on a hard, quote-unquote, hardship tours. I'm making air quotes you guys can't see. <laughs> so hardship um, is just basically going by yourself? Well, yes and no. They consider certain places to be a hardship for assignments that are duty stations like you have your your ones that aren't hardship even overseas like in germany but certain overseas ones like in korea are considered a hardship i don't know all the ins and outs of how they figure all of this out but um they want you to just either come over for a year by yourself without your family if you're married or have kids or whatever or you can choose to extend it for two years so you can take your family some people choose to do that I went, I, was, I wasn't married, so I went by myself, um, and I spent 13 months in Korea, and funny little anecdote, <clears throat> I had told my brother I was going to Korea, and he was like, oh neat, we're going to be doing training there, and I was like, okay, great, so we knew, and you know, a few months go by, and Davey says, I call my brother Davey, um, <laughs> he says, oh, changing plans, we're not going to be doing training now over there, I'm not going to be, so... And I'm like, oh, okay. And so now you're by yourself again. Well, I thought, well, he was only going to be there for a couple weeks anyway. He was like, no, I'm going to be stationed there. I was like, what? He was like, yeah, and I leave in three months. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I've had my orders for how many months now, and you're going to be there before me? Like, what the heck? That's yeah. so messed up. Yeah. So he got there before I did, but in a different part of the peninsula. But it was really neat because I had to meet All the time. Okay, he usually yeah. came to me because I was in the cooler like area than he was and so I was pretty much in the heart of Seoul and it's Yongsan is the name of the installation my brother was up in um, Tondrejan I think is how you say it they call it TDC and that's Camp Casey and I want to say it's it, it's pretty close to the DMZ but not quite to that point um, <clears throat> so anyway uh, I was um, sergeant promotable when I got to Korea and I was going to be pinning soon after I got there. And it was so neat because my brother was actually able to come down and pin me my B5 rank, which is a big deal, you that's know, awesome. going from nice, lower yeah. enlisted yeah, awesome. to a, a junior NCO. So, nice. yeah, it was neat. And then um, I got, I ended up getting out of the military from Korea and um, I went into the reserves. And my drill, uh, my drills were supposed to be in Newcastle. I, don't, I may have went to one drill, may have. And I got involuntarily transferred from that unit three months after I, uh, three months after I got out of active duty, from the unit in Newcastle to a unit in Aberdeen, Maryland, um, and it was a military intelligence unit to collect foreign materials. And I said to my mom, my mom was always kind of like a. Um, we'll say cockeyed optimist <laughs> um she you know she would always say i was being a pessimist although i was a realist 
and I said to her, I was like, that's it. I'm Do you think okay. every optimist thinks every pessimist is a realist and vice versa? I know, right? No, that's why I didn't go there. Yeah. Because I knew... Maybe the, your mom in Because I know the ins and outs. My mom, she's just... I think it was just her way of dealing with, like, um, the idea of her daughter going to a war zone. Like, because... Basically, what I said to her, I was like, well, I guess I'm going to Iraq. And she's like, oh, Delia. <laughs> Stop being such a pessimist. And God rest my mom's soul. My mom's not even with us anymore. But she, I would say this directly to her face, too. So, it's um, so, yeah. So, she was like, Stop being such a pessimist. And I'm like, I'm not. I'm, I'm just, I know it's going to happen. <laughs> and, like, and of course, that was right. You know, and she's like, like, <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, I deployed with that uh, unit to Iraq, and I was, and this is one of the things I talked to Todd about, um, I was having some really bad health issues that were more female related that we were still trying to determine what the heck was going on, and this is back in 2004, so the, the studies were still relatively new around endometriosis, and um, uh before I left, I had no clue that's what was happening, but I said to my unit commander and um, first sergeant, I said, are you guys still okay with me deploying, even though I might get sick over there and have to be sent back? And they were like, yeah, well, you know, uh, you, you're doing such a good job here, you know, as long as you get us established over there and then we'll, you know, we'll deal with it as it comes. Okay, cool. So, um, Sure enough, you know, I my my system just could not handle living on MREs alone and in that heat and drinking no hot one water. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, I yeah. I know. Who has an issue yes, exactly. Issues. Yeah. So I was having so many issues, and I was just sick like all the time, and um, so I I ended up being um, transported by a Chinook, which. You know what a Chinook is? I've I guess never I should tell them. Yeah, okay. yeah, tell us what a Chinook is. All right, so a Chinook, for those who don't know, is a type of helicopter that has two blades. I've seen them in movies. You've seen them in movies, okay. I got to ride in one twice, which was kind of cool. Once with like the whole unit, and we were like stacked on top of each other like sardines, which was very interesting. <laughs> and uh, another time I had to go to Kosovo, I mean, excuse me, Kuwait, um, to Doha, to, that's the main, like, base camp there where everybody goes in and out of if they're uh, going to be, like, in that region of the Middle East for deployments. Um, <clears throat> so I had to go see a specialist there who happened to be from Philadelphia. He was this amazing OBGYN, and um, he is, happened to also be a specialist in um, endometriosis. And when we went over all of my symptoms, he was like, the only surefire way to tell if that's what it is is through a procedure they call laparoscopy. And it's where they go in with the scope and through the belly button. And they have like the uh, laparoscopic tools that um, go in from either side. Very, very similar to like when people have, um, I guess, like if they have uh, their appendix removed, but not quite as involved unless you have a lot of stuff going on. And some women have it worse than others. So anyway, he went. Uh, he went in. He, he and he was right. I was, you know, diagnosed. Um, oh my God! I skipped so many steps. <laughs> That's okay. Um, okay. We can go yeah, back. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So back. Um, doesn't have to be chronological. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah. So no, this doctor from Philly thought I needed to go see a specialist in the states. So um, the way they make you do it, though, is you have to go through Germany first, um, through Landstuhl. 
and um, is it, they, I have to ask in the military everything goes through Germany somehow doesn't it? I, isn't it wild? Yeah. yeah well, I everyone deployments. I know is like, well, they sent me to Germany. I'm like, I know. Yeah. Could have gone to DC, but no, they went to Germany. I think I think um, with this temporary thing like this with medical, when you're deployed over there, um, mm -hmm. before they determine if you're going to go back to the states, I guess it's considered like a good waypoint I don't know <laughs> so they're like yeah we'll just send you there real quick you can get what you need done and then come back is basically what they thought but when I got there they were like well let's make sure it's nothing else so I got picked and prodded from every stinking specialist under the sun my poor veins I thought they were gonna collapse I had so much oh. blood work done um, and it was always cold in that hospital and I always felt like I was dehydrated which I probably was because I was in the <laughs> desert drinking 90 degree water all the time so and eating MREs you know because that's healthy. Um, so anyway, what, what was your most disgusting MRE that you've ever eaten? Well, I always, just on a side note, all right, all of them. All right check it all out. So I was supply. <laughs> so I, okay. I made sure I picked my own. No, I tried to try ones that I thought wouldn't be too disgusting, and then I I actually found out the ones I thought might not be disgusting were actually disgusting, and other ones that I thought I'm like. I won't ever eat that. I don't even care if you tell me it tastes okay, like jambalaya. I would oh. never eat jambalaya. Anything meat, I would not eat yes. because I'm like meat packaged for that long. Yeah. No. Sealed in plastic. In the heat. Yeah. <laughs> Sealed in plastic in the heat. Yeah. Oh. yeah it's just disgusting. Oh. So yeah, I usually stuck with the uh, tortellini. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. usually what I went for. And then some of them have better um, side items than others, and then sometimes people just trade, like, oh, I'll give you this for that. And Next to the Army, a big elementary school. Uh, basically, yeah. 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 Like big Yeah, hey, here, have this 5,000 calorie cupcake, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> this brownie that's about Sounds like my son's elementary school. <laughs> it's hard as a rock, but hey, if you yeah. dip, it in, dip it in the coffee that you put your cocoa in because the coffee's horrible. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> So you had the blood work, you were living yes. off MREs, that wasn't good. No, no, not at all. Wrap it all No, 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 I'm taking you back to what you were saying. I'm taking you back to what you were saying. Maybe I'll find you an MRE and bring it to you. You can I try one for yourself. I'll we used to eat them at tailgates and I think uh, I tried, when I was in junior high, I tried a spaghetti and meatballs MRE. All right, what would you think of it as a kid? It, as a kid, it wasn't bad because I was more... I was more fascinated that it was packaged and sealed, and I thought it was cool because I was eating army food. Oh my god! Um, but I didn't really care how it tasted. I was probably in seventh grade, and we had a guy come speak, and he brought like MRE um, cookies and brownies and spaghetti, and then I, I forget the other one, but I had spaghetti and meatballs MRE. Mm -hmm. I don't remember how it tasted because I was more fascinated by how it looked, yeah. even though it was like a brown package. And yeah. I thought it was just cool because I was eating army food. Yeah. So that's, like that's very patriotic. Very yeah. patriotic. Of I felt yeah. American, so yeah. I wasn't Good. saluted the flag while I did it. Good well, mostly it. because I was sitting in class eating spaghetti and meatballs. So <laughs> oh, that's it. Well, I'll eat this at yeah. class. Yeah. Party. Yeah. Hey, I was always fascinated with space. So when I went to the Air and Space Museum at the Smithsonian, I had to eat astronaut food. Yeah, astronaut you know? ice cream. Of did course. You? Yeah. See, and the only reason why I know that, I worked at a toy store for a year back home and we sold astronaut ice cream one of the grossest things at least that kind was disgusting i don't know um, it was at toy store i'm doubting it's a real thing real, real quick I, before we dive back in though why is dippin dots still a thing it's good dippin dots is no good. they're not good you don't think dippin dots is good well, uh, if you eat ice cream dippin dots is not good uh, okay yeah. wait 
I, I understand. I'm gonna go as far as saying if you like dividends, you're an idiot. I'm sorry. I, listen, right. you can call. Listen, you can call me an idiot. <laughs> she listen, felt bad. Listen, I'll, I'll take. I'll take the sweet idiot. But I, I understand. Okay, ice cream is ice cream, right? No. Good ice cream. No, it's no, not. Just hear me out. No, hear me out. Ice, ice cream is ice cream, but then there's Dippin' Dots on the side. I understand Ew. that it's not as good as ice cream, but you have to appreciate it for what it is. And I enjoy what it sometimes. It? You have to let little, it melt little a little dots? bit. Yeah. Listen, when, when, you're, when you're at a pirate game, though, I understand that they it's have the ice cream in the little of ice cream. All right, well, let it melt a little bit. It looks like a big pile of deer poop sitting there. All right, well, when it's strawberry chocolate and banana flavored, it's not that bad. Although, I'll tell you, those flavors are amazing, and I would totally get Millie's or... Clavons or someone, someone just told he's me he's never to get been Millie's there yesterday. yesterday. He's, yeah, he's I, I'm, a, I'm from Butler. I'm from like the country. We should take you to Clavons. Butler has good ice cream places. Yeah, King Cones. No. <laughs> what, <laughs> what ice cream? Hanks, no. Hanks in, in, uh, over in um, Hanks is good. Hanks is good. Hanks. Are at Hanks? Do you know ice cream places in Butler? No, I thought I saw something online that one of my friends posted, and it wasn't it wasn't King Cones. No, but you know what? You know, we've we lost every listener. Great. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, we're talking this, about ice cream. Come on now. This is why you gym. come to the gym. <laughs> yeah, right? Sponsored by Friars. <laughs> Let's so, get Millie's to sponsor us. <laughs> I like it. I'm okay with it. King Cones is the only place in Baltimore. So anyway, look, look. there's a King Cone in, in New Kensington. Okay. Anyway. Now we're just rambling. So you, I'm so you, sorry, you got everybody. All right. There's no yeah, so you did Don't the worry, testing. No you did the blood testing. Okay. They went in through your belly button. <laughs> yeah, they went in. Actually, it's really funny. Okay, so um, I got picked and prodded first, yada, yada. Got back to the States. Got deactivated. I'm going to fast forward a little bit. Um, my PCP linked me up with a specialist in um, uh, New Kensington area. Actually, Monroeville. He worked out of the hospital in Monroeville. Uh, Dr. Selednik, if you're listening, I love you. Namaste. We'll send it to him. <laughs> um, he was who I was referred to, and I was very traumatized by the entire experience because I had some specialists or doctors that had no idea anything about endometriosis. Again, this is 2004. Um, actually, that was 2003, but 2004 when I had my surgery. Um, there was a major in the Army who worked out of Walter Reed Hospital who basically treated me like I was a malingerer. Um, and um, thought I was making stuff up or it was in my head or something and that about I mean well it did send me in a little bit of a tailspin um, uh, emotionally and I, I will never forget that doctor's face I, I forget his name but I will never forget his face and if I ever see the guy I might have to throat punch him because I'm not in the army anymore and I think I'm allowed to do that right this like, right, as long sure. as you can outrun this guy's, he's probably retired Okay, cool. All right, yeah, because that was a long time ago. He was yeah, old. yeah, yeah. So, anywho, um, yeah. So, Doctor Selednik did the um, surgery in '04 April, and when we were when all was said and done, he showed me all of the images of where the endometriosis was, and there were some like along my um, ovaries, which supposedly they weren't there whenever the vaginal ultrasound was done. Um, he said there were some along my uh, intestinal tract, um, some on my, I think my uterine lining, walls, whatever, I'm not a doctor, so medical people, I know I'm butchering the crap out of this, <laughs> I apologize. Um, okay. Okay, so regardless, um, there was a lot, and he was able to capture it all, and he was so sweet, because because it was only like a 21, 22, what was I there for? 23. 
um, he was like, I know, I know you long, young ladies like to wear two pieces, so I'll make sure I do the incision right inside of your, uh, your belly button so there's no scar, and then I'll do the other two incisions along the natural creases of, of your lower abdomen, and if we need to do any more, I will try to make sure I find a place that also has natural creases. Cool. So that took some time to heal. Um, it really changed my life, um, mainly for the better, but I do still have issues. And he even said that there was more of a chance of it coming back even after the surgery because of the, um, the mystery basically around our ovulation and when we shed the blood as to why somehow we get all of this captured onto our internal organs. Um, I don't know a lot about endometriosis. I do want to do more research. I have a very good girlfriend who lives in Brooklyn who has it worse than I do. And she's been doing a lot of advocacy work. <clears throat> and this is Endometriosis Awareness Month, so I encourage everybody to join me, um, if you so choose, to doing research and educating other women and men, too, because we all have moms and sisters and loved ones, wives, girlfriends, whatever. And, and, and so did that, is that what led you to the Wounded Warrior Group, or...? Um, well, there was also another kind of tragic moment that happened in my life even before this. I was hit by a tractor-trailer semi and almost died. Uh, it, you know, I do consider it a miracle. Um, and uh, I was coming home on a four-day pass when it happened, September of 2000, and I was life-flighted to UPMC Presbyterian Hospital. And that was back, like I said, in 2000. Uh, yeah, that took a lot to um, recover from. It was like really intense physical therapy for like a good five months. It was mainly like a lot of soft tissue and muscular damage, no broken bones. I think I have bionic bones. Wow. Um, because I also had dropped um, the water buffalo, speaking of the water buffalo, oh, it's basically a water tank on wheels that you take on deployments and it houses like 400 gallons of water or something it's, like that. It's what they, they keep it on um, like sidelines for sporting events too and they have oh, like uh, they're yeah. big they're big jugs that you put on a cart and they have little hoses that come out. I don't know if yours did but this one had. Look up army water buffalo. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah way, it's nothing no like that. It's fancy oh, as well. God, yeah. no, ours, I ours is a little fancy but I yeah. understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah in fact the joke, uh, the joke um, going around now in a meme form is uh, is um, if you drank out of one of these and you'll survive the coronavirus because they were disgusting. Um, anyway. But you have tetanus. Um, <laughs> Drinking out of a rusty <laughs> water buffalo, I'm just saying. I won't get le I won't get Legionnaires disease either, supposedly. Nice. But so this 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 water, I'm sticking my foot up for a reason. Uh, this water buffalo. <laughs> We're losing shoes in here. I don't yeah. know what's going I know, on. right? There's no rules here. I mean, <laughs> come on. Um, this water buffalo, I'm getting to it. Um, we went to go park it back online because it was lunchtime. The tongue wheel gave loose, and this thing was like, you know, like crank, like you have to make sure it clicks into place and everything. Well, it, it, it goes loose, rolls back onto my foot. 400 gallons of water, rolls back onto my foot. Did not feel good. So we go to the emergency room, he does the x-rays. He's like, well, the good news is, is your foot is not shattered. He was wow. shocked, it was a pediatric surgeon, he was shocked. Bad news is, is you broke your bone across the joint, right across your big toe. Ooh. Okay, so it went right across here, 
and he was like, you'll probably um, have to have it fused eventually. It's probably going to come loose. And I said, okay. You know, so that was back in 99. Never had to have it fused. I'm telling you, I had bionic bones. Another time I did a Superman off of a mountain bike. And the Jeez. I was waiting for something. Yeah, I, was, I know. This is what happens in Iraq. No, this <laughs> this is actually with the Wounded Warrior Project. We were on uh, we were over in Utah, no and safe. We, were, we were doing. No I'm safe. sorry, I'm sorry, Wounded Warrior. No, this is called Wounded Delia is a klutz and uh, accident prone person. So I did the Superman off of the off the off the front of the bike. Uh, we weren't even up on the hill yet. We were still learning how to do all this. Um, Learning how to crash properly. Yes. Well, apparently I do it right. Well, anyway, the the handlebar went right into my pelvis area here. And and I landed, like, flat on my chest. And all you hear was boom. And, like, wind knocked right out of me. And so they take me over to the ER, which we were right next to. Cool. And um, they, you know, checked me for internal bleeding, broken bones, all of it. I was fine. It was just a really bad bruise. It took about three or four months to completely heal. And the girl I was rooming with at the time, she was like, I cannot believe you did not break your pelvis. So again, bionic bones. Thanks, mom and dad, for making me drink my milk. Milk, that's quite good. Can we get endorsed by milk? <laughs> so yeah, so I've had a lot of accidents throughout the years. And they still think it's a good idea to you help out the wounded warrior? <laughs> Just asking. I mean, I saw you guys in the weight room here. I'm a little concerned next I time know, you guys come by. I know. Dropping I know. dumbbells. And uh, no, I, I, I try to be safe. I really do. It's just sometimes. So I, I do have to ask this. You know, you were recently on Capitol Hill. I was. What, what are we fighting for? And what's... We were advocating, um, my group specifically, for um, female veteran um, medical care at, at the VA. Uh, and some of the hot topics were um, uh, maybe extending hours for women who work and uh, have trouble maybe finding childcare, um, uh, creating safer environment for women who suffer from um, maybe like MST or other uh, have other predispositions where they might be fearful to on, uh, and only want to speak with women and, and, and not male. Uh, practitioners or nurses or whatever maybe don't feel comfortable being in a in a waiting room with other men uh, so maybe offering hours for for women to be seen strictly by females for females so that they feel safe so that they can go and get this care that they need military sexual trauma is prevalent it is not a joke it is not made up we need to take it seriously and that's another issue Getting back to the healthcare, we were also trying to find uh, a way for the Senate and Congress to maybe advocate, uh, uh, or excuse me, we were doing the advocating, but to write something into a bill, uh, possibly um, uh, doing something similar to like when we do reimbursement for travel, maybe reimbursement for childcare for women who have children and have them in daycare because. They really do need to be seen by a physician, and they can't really afford the, the you know, the daycare. It's very expensive. Um, our women's clinics, um, some some VA regions, their hospitals have them. Some don't. Some are great. Some aren't. Pittsburgh is getting better. Pittsburgh has come a long way over the past 10, 15 years since uh, they opened their their new. Um, 
uh, hospitals and University Drive here and over in Aspenmore are the two major um, locations. Um, they're really improving. One area where I seek um, uh, specific care is with uh, a woman pelvic floor um, physical therapist because of the issues that we've discussed. And my care had to be put on hold because they basically couldn't use the space that was allocated to them anymore at that time slot. And now they're trying to find a new um, location, a new um, uh, patient um, room for us to receive our care. Uh, I do plan on calling back sometime in the near future. I wanted to give them some time to find a new home. But our women's clinic is very small. We only have a few um, uh, uh, screening rooms for the female patients. Um, a small waiting room, but they make it as cozy and, and welcoming as possible, and the staff there is amazing. So it's not that the care isn't really available at Pittsburgh. Uh, the issue is more around space. We have, I think, gosh, I don't even know, 20,000 female veterans, I think, using um, the, the, the VA system, maybe more. I might be really off on that number. I'll have to get back to you on that. <laughs> I'm not good everyone with numbers. Everyone start Googling this listening. Then yeah. Yes. Yeah. Out. I'm not good with numbers, and I will always say if I feel I'm wrong, if I'm not, if I doubt myself, because I do not want to give misinformation. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it, it's very prevalent. Women need care in, in the VA. So what, what as far as your, your average person that says, hey, I want to help, What's what's their best avenue? Um, speak to your advocate. local congressman and your and your local senator. Every uh, every office has uh, a, a veterans liaison. Um, not all of them sit on these committees or author bills, but they can at least point you in the right direction. Or you may even inspire them to want to lobby uh, on the hill for for veterans. And uh, it's also up to us, you know. It's up to us to go. It's that's our house. You know, people think it's shut out to the public. It's it's for us to go and to speak to our representatives. We're the ones who put them in office. It's our responsibility. And speak to the staffers. Everybody thinks you need to speak directly to the person you elected. Got news for you. Most of the work <laughs> comes from the staffers. You want that stuff going on the desk of that congressman or senator? Talk to the staffers. They're the ones who will make sure it'll happen. Now it's nice to talk and, and you know to your rep, and you know it's good to get a little FaceTime. But I'm talking the important discussions. Talk to their staffers. They're hired for a reason. They do a good job. Um, what if you're me though? Because my problem is all my congressmen and senators now know me by first name. Oh, and they don't like and, you anymore. Well, you know I could become yeah. white noise with something like. Well, I heard you make quite. <laughs> I heard you make quite the entrance. I I, I, I usually have a smoke show when I enter any yeah. senator or congressman's. He office. doesn't get one here. I don't get one here, but we're, we're going to change that before I start firing. Um, first round starts tomorrow. Um, no, but I, I agree with you because I, I believe something that people too often forget is is that our elected officials work for us, and we should call them. And I do whenever yeah. I feel something is important. And they, and they do encourage it. I think people forget, though. I really do. Um, or maybe feel intimidated. Who knows? Or maybe don't know anything. Well, I, think, I think often people think that they don't listen and when the constituents speak up. But the thing is, is there's so many issues that they're getting bombarded with and they have to pick. You know, they can't do it all. Yeah. I wish we were superhuman and didn't sleep and no more hours in the day. And, you know, in, in a perfect 
you know, world, we would get so much accomplished. But, you know, there's so many, only so many hours in a day and we all have lives and we all have to sleep and eat and so on and so on. So, um, uh, what were some other issues? Um, I think those were the major ones. So that's basically what we did. We went to um, four, I think we went to four different congressmen office and four different senators office, uh, morning and afternoon. Then we went to a hearing the next day that our CEO was a witness at um, and discussed the, the women's issues, the toxic exposure, and the mental health. And we did discuss mental health too, because that's also important. It, it, it ties into the women's uh, issues. So we didn't speak separately in, in the same detail as the mental health team did, but we did uh, bring it up as far as why it's important for us women. So. Nice. Yeah. So you're also doing work with yoga. Um, if I read the bio correctly. You did. That, um, was that something you did? So that gap between you having all these health issues and then being with the wounded warrior and stuff, that gap in between there after your deployments and everything, was yoga something you got into that helped or did you work out before that and you kind of just led into yoga? How did that kind of start? Uh, slow and steady. Um, I, I eventually found my way into yoga. Um, I started changing my diet, um, trying to work out a little bit more. Whatever worked at the time I would do, if I got bored with it, I would change it up. Um, if I you know, uh, maybe had an episode where I had to step away from fitness for a while. I listened to my body, uh, lots of physical therapy in the process. Uh, it seemed like I was always having back spasms throughout the years after my accident, you know, just constantly. And sometimes they were just so debilitating and so painful. And um, so I try to get the necessary care. I try to be my own advocate. I try to make these appointments for when I need them. Talk to my primary care, put the referral in, please. I need to do this. Um, eventually, I wanna say it was probably like 2005-ish is maybe when I started um, doing yoga off and on. And then I started meeting other people who were doing yoga who were very inspirational. And the biggest one is most recent. When I was living in Florida, he works for Wounded Warrior Project. He's also uh, a motivational speaker. He's a double amputee veteran. Uh, his name is Dan Nevins, and um, he's a yogi. And it, he basically says yoga saved his life. And he inspired me. He, he, he gave me a little bit of, uh, kind of relit that fire, so to speak, as far as trying to get my health back on track again and and it's slow and steady again because I did have a little bit of regression with my with my choices with um, what I eat and um, uh, the amount of fitness I was doing but I had lost my mom last year so it was a very very difficult year um, and uh, so I decided if I could ever find a place that I could afford to train to become a yoga, uh, you know, to work towards the 200 hours for yoga certification, uh, I would love to do that. And I was on Facebook and I saw a post in a yoga group about inclusive yoga teacher training through Open Up Pittsburgh, it's a wonderful organization, and um, they are working um, together with 
the Blind and Vision Rehabilitation Center. And we're using a space over at the Blue Awning um, yoga, uh, yoga Studio that's inside of the Blind and Re um, Vision Rehab Center over there. In, um, I want to say that's the Hill District over on the other side of Duquesne. I have no idea where that's at. Okay. So I'm sorry, Mr. I'm sorry, Mr. Butler. Apparently, I'm not cultured enough. Uh, no. This is no. the big city to have the oh, worst side. I know. Woo! I know. I mean, you're here fun. enough. You need to go venture out. Okay. <laughs> there are beautiful restaurants here in the city. Oh, there are these things called museums. In fact, there's a couple right, right over here. here. Like, I walk <laughs> with like factories right here. Yes, but I have like, all programming to do. So when I have free time, it's like I pay, like pay I like that you find value in your work. For that the means record, a lot. I do. I, I'm, I'm the general manager here. That means a lot. I permit this. Yes, and so <laughs> I I try to doing like more uh, mindfulness and and mental health stuff. Um, uh, while I was living in Madison, Wisconsin, they had a great mental health and wellness. Um, um, area that is basically behavioral health, but they they do a lot of fusion work, like with mindfulness and um, mindful eating and um, breath work and yoga and you know just that mind body connection. It's great. So that's where I was getting my care out. Uh, it was um, the William S. Middleton um, Veterans Hospital in Madison, Wisconsin. Shout out. I don't think you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> we can send this to we'll send, whoever you we'll want. send it to him. Yeah. Um, anyway, there was one veteran, he was a Marine, and he had his own issues, but he got a job there. And one, one of his um, mantras that he has that I decided to steal from him was, uh, suit up and show up. So basically, that's the hardest part is getting dressed and showing up and usually once you're there you're gonna do something so like the gym or yoga or church or whatever you know whatever your jam is um, so I saw this I reached out to her she gave me the the scholarship for disabled veteran I was so grateful um, and it's gonna take us eight months to do it but or seven months seven or eight months we're done in September um, and it's going to be totally worthwhile. It's a small class. Um, we have three vision impaired um, individuals that have service dogs and they're amazing. And then there's um, uh, three of us other ladies, there's two men total, and then three other ladies who have been practicing yoga for quite some time uh, that want to find ways to make yoga more accessible. And because yoga is for everyone, everybody thinks like, oh, I'm not flexible enough or I'm not this enough or it's too spiritual or whatever. This is like postmodern yoga. Uh, there are so many different styles. You find what works for you. So depending on my day, I might go and do a vinyasa like I did last night, or I might just need to do um, yoga nidra where I'm listening to a story that helps calm me while I'm laying there with props. You know, there's all different styles, restorative, relaxation, um, kundalini, power. If you like, if hot yoga's your jam, it's not mine. I did but, hot yoga once. It was the worst time of my life. Oh, I hated it. I mean, I'll, me, I, I'll do it occasionally because some couple, of my friends do it. Yeah, me and a couple of hockey buddies went when I was uh, in high school. I've never sweat so much in my oh, life. It's barely doing anything. Yeah. And you're in a room with, I was probably there with like 10 other people. And it was, I think the thermometer read like 102 oh, in the goodness. room. Yeah. So oh. it was, it was, 
it was bad. Yeah, that's it pretty was, intense. It was torture. But I, I think your point of yoga, it's similar. I mean, I started, one of the best decisions I made is about five or six years ago, meditating every day and finding time Meditation. to meditate. Yeah, and I think oftentimes people kind of get in this, it's kind of hokey or whatever, but to me, take, and it's funny because I began, when I was a college strength coach, I would have my teams meditate. It, I find as coaches, we push, 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 and even in the military, whatever, when you're training somebody, push, 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 and then people talk about recovery and they don't talk about the fact that meditation can aid a long way in that recovery. Right. Everyone worries about, did they get their protein after a workout, but they don't worry about the sympathetic, parasympathetic, or yep. you're returning the body. And it was funny because at my last job at George Washington, I would have our teams meditate after a lift. That's good. And uh, Even like a minute of Yeah, meditation. we would go five or ten minutes, just yeah. a quick one. And you would see some of the athletes who had never sat still in their lives. And, and then we hired a new men's basketball coach, and he said, I have a meditation guy I'm going to bring in. A guy became a friend of mine, Greg, if you're listening, I'll send it to Greg. All right, I'll thank him. you. Uh, he wrote a book <laughs> called Slow Your Roll, and he says, become a buddy of mine. It's funny, we kind of started talking, and he's like, oh, you know the guy at LSU, he knows you, and I work with LSU, and we started... So we started talking, became buddies, but um, but he would take, and, and actually that coach was so progressive, he would have the team meditate before every practice, and it would be a team-led meditation. And, yeah. and I always said, if you can return yourself, kind of center yourself for five minutes or a minute, ten seconds, whatever your time period that you have, it can change your life like that. Right. And I, I used to get angry. Yeah, you know, now sitting too. in traffic, I think it's the like funniest thing on earth because I'm like, where are we going? Like, I did the same way <laughs> yesterday. I had a guy doing this yeah. behind me. He's giving me the fist. You. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry you sped up because it's you didn't want me getting in that lane. Yeah, like I'm so sorry. <laughs> I saw, I, I live in Swickley, and I, it's the quaintest community in America, yes. you know. And there was a light the other day, and this lady stopped to let these people cross the street, and the guy behind her is freaking out, hitting his horn. I'm like, you're in the center of Like, first off, you got to sit through one more light, man. It's like it's like a minute of your life. Yeah. But two, where are you going so fast? I think you're not on the turnpike. Yeah. You're in Swickley. What are you expecting right now? You ever so see the me, guys flying like, up yourself. Cedar by the hospital? Yeah, just Holy center heck. yourself. Just everyone... I mean, it's unbelievable. I live on that road, and I'm, I've gotten, I've almost gotten hit a few times since I've lived here. I haven't even lived here a year yet. I've almost gotten run over <laughs> Consider yourself rocks. warned, I guess. <laughs> Do you have a hole punch, like, frequent visitor at the, at the hospital? Need... Like, how's that? Where you need yeah. that. See if they can work that out for you. Like, next visit free. They cause... know me by name. They know my coffee. I was going to they... say, come by. Um, I was going to say, come by lift here sometime. I'm a little nervous now. <laughs> but, uh, Todd... Where are we at again? Where we were we? talking about yoga then. It's yeah, yoga, and then no, no, meditation real quick. No, in all seriousness, like, that that's helped too. And that goes, it works in tandem as well because there is medita meditating in yoga too. Yeah. As much or as little as you want. I mean, it could just be three breaths at the beginning and then the 10-minute, you know, um, uh, shavasana, the, dead, the corpse pose at the end. And um, anyway... Yeah, I have a lot of anxiety, so it's very helpful. And that's why I wanted you to do the lion's breath with me before we started. He's a little tighter than I am. You can tell, right? I'm wound up pretty tight, too. It's cool. I'm all right. I'm just chilling. <laughs> I this know, isn't no. chilling. Actually, I'm just chilling. I, you know, and when I get excited like this, like, you know, Todd and I just, we just met, like, what? Two months ago, yeah, whatever it the was. Wounded warrior thing. Yeah, yeah, and I think he even knows me well enough to know, like, oh, that's just Delia. She's just like, you know, you know I don't know what am I? What am I? <laughs> you. Yeah, me. We're all, Thank we're all you. Us. I um I have a zest for life. 
Um, I love life, but I also want you to leave me the F alone. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, in all seriousness, I, I, I That's really, why we put you on a podcast. Thank you. Yeah. That's why nobody wants to see my face. <laughs> so no, I'm just We're kidding. a picture at the end to see you now. <laughs> The whole world's going to see it. It, it is, he is true. That's true. <laughs> hey, guys, I've been beat red during this entire podcast, and supposedly it was cold in this room. I'm like, I'm flustered. She doesn't <laughs> look flustered at all. You don't look you flustered look at all. You look, you look lovely. Yeah. But I think, I no, in all seriousness, I'm having a great time. That's part yeah. of it. You guys are making me laugh. This is amazing. But meditation. So meditation is important because I think I do, I think I do hold a lot in my chest that's where I house a lot of my anxiety and I feel like in my shoulders and my neck and I've been told that majority of people that's where they harness a lot of their tension through the jaw through the shoulders through the neck um we work desk jobs which I mean that's not what humans we don't you do well <laughs> everyone else okay, does when I, when don't I pull I say, us down with you <laughs> well and you guys do have tables and chairs back there True. But, Anyway, when I say we, I, I think I mean like American society as a whole, like a lot of us do spend a lot of time sitting. And our lower, our lumbar back, you know, uh, gets really affected by that as well. And um, I think it's really important through like different types of healthy exercise and breathing and meditation and um, a balanced diet, um, proper <laughs> sleep, hydration, all of it keeping your core strong is really important um we need to start living more balanced lives everybody in my family i know like we holidays are always an excuse like oh it's okay it's christmas oh it's okay it's his birthday or oh it's my birthday i'm gonna have a big honking half of the the cake for my birthday <laughs> you know and then i wonder why i have diabetes <laughs> because we have a lot of holidays and a lot of birthdays and yep. a lot of celebration yep. and if we use those for excuses every time that's no excuse excuse to be a glutton I'm sorry I'm guilty by the way I'm raising my hand I've done it and I'm trying to when I speak like this out loud I'm speaking more to myself I think than than everybody else because this is a lifestyle that I've found to be the most rewarding. I have more energy. I have more love for life. My stomach isn't as jacked up as it usually is. I don't know how many times I've been in the emergency room just for my stomach. Endometriosis. That's why. Look it up. <laughs> Endometriosis Awareness Month. It's also Women's, women's International. Uh, women's International Day uh, Sunday. Yeah. We're doing a little something, a little surprise here. Did you have Marvin? No one knows Wonderful. about it yet. He doesn't even know. Wonderful. No Stop by. Stop by. See what All right. Do. So Friday. All right. Today's Thursday. Today is Thursday. Yes. We record okay. on Thursday. I'll find out right. tomorrow because I'll, I'll be here. Right. Here so it'll be a surprise for you. Yes, it will be a surprise. All right. No one here knows. Um, also on Saturday, we're doing a lovely thing for girls between the ages of eight and I think like 15 ish. Um, it's Veterans Leadership Program. Mission continues. Boys and Girls Club are all working together at the Boys and Girls Club on Butler. Uh, there's going to be some fun events. Um, bring your your tween and teen daughters out uh, or sisters or whatever um, friends um, I'm gonna be teaching yoga um, to the kids uh, to these lovely young future female warriors and uh, there's gonna be other fun activities led by different veteran uh, female veterans so please come out more the merrier 
I, I do want to add one thing. I know we're getting to the close here, but um, you spoke about your mother, and I'm very sorry to hear that. Thank but you. I once heard this, and I, I, I love this thing. I heard it on NPR. The announcer, whoever it was, he was talking about his parent dying. Yeah. And he said, he said, when your parent dies, the world is now yours. And I always liked that because it reminds me that your parent has made you who you are today. Your mother made you who you are today, and she gave you gifts. Yeah. And once she is no longer with us, it's now your turn to take that gift and give it. And so Saturday, I think Saturday is you giving that gift that your mother gave you to Thank that generation. I think always remembering that where don't, you know, it's okay to be sad about yeah. a parent passing on, but at the same time, remember what they gave you to give to the next generation. Absolutely. So, I think that's important to remember. And, um, I, I also want to get back in honor of my mom. Um, I, I spoke with a woman who um, uh, is the coordinator for the Wear Red for Women campaign um, during February. You know, cause Your face has been red, so that's good. I know, just like my shirt. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so my mom died of a massive heart attack. And my mom was morbidly obese, and she had lymphedema in her legs. She struggled with open wounds for years because of the lymphedema. She tried her best. She really did, you know. And uh, we all tried to rally around mom and support her. And you know, she had a lot of struggles like the last decade of her life. Um, she didn't. We did not expect her to, to die suddenly like that, though. Of the of the um, of the massive heart attack. She since she had died in February. Yeah, and that's um, heart, uh, like heart, heart awareness, health, heart yeah, health yeah. awareness, yeah. yeah. And especially for women, because believe it or not, that's the number one killer of women is heart, heart issues, yep. heart disease. Um, so I'm going to be working um, throughout the year, trying to come up with a really fun campaign um, for like a, a fun 5K. You can walk, crawl, run, it doesn't matter. All ages, you know, uh, all skill levels and wheelchairs, uh, not bikes, sorry. <laughs> I was getting excited there for a second. But anyway, I want to come up with a fun idea. I'm going to try to work out something with um, the American Heart Association here in Pittsburgh. Um, uh, so hopefully something will be in development for next February. So that's, awesome. that's something go. to consider as well. Awesome. Any other questions? No, I have not. She I, I literally I answered. I didn't even ask anything. You just kind of oh my goodness started rolling. No, that was awesome. <laughs> Talk ice cream. I love it. Yeah, you got Millie's. You got Clay Bonds. Dippin' Dots is not bad. We talked about the fact that he has never actually left this building to be in the city. I knew it. I haven't even he eaten at Federal the Gallery and it's right what across. What is wrong with you? That's some killer food over there. That's good. I know. I haven't even. I have not even eaten at Eco Bistro right here. You, and you got sorry. commonplace. The, well, I've been to commonplace. The, the I was no, there no, bit. commonplace in the neighborhood, though. Oh no! Oh, well, that, that's a really sweet location, by yeah. the way. I, I don't care much. I sometimes walk over to East Ohio Street. There's good coffee there. You got Arnold's. 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 Is Arnold's. Shout out to Arnold's. I have no we idea love what you're Arnold's. talking about. You should East have Ohio him on the Street. podcast. I should. I should. And we can schedule. We got a good sandwich over there. We can schedule. Somebody. It's fine with me. No, in all seriousness, because that man—he's done so much for the community. Really so I love walking. I, I try to get out of here at least once a day and go yeah. somewhere not in here. And he tries to never leave this building. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to drag him out by the ear. How old are you? 23. I just oh turned God, 23 so in January. Young. 12, I think. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> After I shaved this and up. And wrap it up. Yeah, and wrap it up. I am telling you. Do, do and see as much as you can in this world because do it before you know it, you're in your 40s and you're like, I want to do more. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try. So true. So, because we steps. still we still have a lot of steps. time too. We still have a lot of time too.
I hope. But I'm talking to my former 20-something year old self. I eat a lot of ice cream. I need a lot of ice cream. <laughs> Not dipping dots. Time's accelerating. All right. All right. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. My pleasure. I, thank you. We, we enjoyed talking to you, and thank you for sharing your story. That's going to wrap it up. We will see you guys on the next podcast. Thank you. Rock and roll.